Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello. Now, I want to start by saying thank you to everybody who has sent me a kind, thoughtful message about my mum. I will say that I haven't read them yet, and this isn't for the same reason that I let pizza leaflets build up on the doormat behind my front door. It's not just negligence on my part. It's, It's just feeling ready. Yeah. But I really appreciate knowing that they're there, and... Um, I, I will read them at some point soon and I will um, write back to thank you thank you as well if you have sent one. But I just wanted to to explain that and say thank you and hope people understand that it might be a while before I write back. That's reasonable, is it? Uh, absolutely. I'm sure probably, yeah, m- many wouldn't even respect, expect any kind of acknowledgement. It's just they wanted to reach out to you. So That's nice. I've never heard you say reach out before. No, it's new for me. What do you think? Suits me or not? <laughs> I think so, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I did say last week that I don't really feel like talking about it on the podcast because, you know, I don't really want to turn it into content. But one thing I will say is that usually any little setback in my life, I can't wait to turn it into an excuse to get out of things like social engagements. And I just haven't had any compulsion to do that at all. Really? Not that I'm like I've got a compulsion to to uh, go and do something social. Absolutely, I haven't. Mm. But it's just felt weird in a way that you know. Usually, oh yeah, my wife has uh, been hospitalised with a skin condition. I mean, I milked that for a long time. <laughs> my kid not sleeping, various world events, and yet I just can't bring myself to do it with this. I, I sort of don't know myself at the moment. There is a good curb your enthusiasm about that. Have you, if that yes. is, have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. When Larry yeah. David's mum died, I think it's his, is it his mum or his dad. I think mom. it's his mum. Anyway, yeah. anyway yeah. yeah, yeah. He he milks it, but I just usually I, I would like anything going on in my life, but I, I just can't with this. It's uh, it's very strange. The whole thing is uh, very strange. Um, right, I'm going to get off the subject. Otherwise, I'll uh, I'll inadvertently start turning it into content. But um, I'm in Chicago, by the way. Mm. And Annabelle, you are? I'm in South End. South End. Mm. Very similar um, Chicago and South End, aren't they? <laughs> They're not. I don't know what I said that. 
so after everything that's gone on, Sarah's mum has very kindly uh, uh, got his tickets to come over here. And it's the first time Sarah's seen a brother in almost two years. And same for Gene and his cousins. And it is kind of weird travelling, like air travel after all this time. Oh, yeah. I forgot all my little systems. Oh, we and you did have a lot of systems. I did have a yeah. Yes. I even forgot to pretend in the back of the taxi that we'd got a house sitter coming. So if he'd got any ideas about burgling our house, <laughs> he'd better rethink them. <laughs> you didn't do that. That's not like you no, at I all. Know, usually, for, and it would always play out like this. Uh, we'd get in the taxi after a couple of minutes. I would say to to my wife, "Oh, my brother will be here in a couple of hours. By the way, he's got keys. So yeah, he's really looking forward to being in the house." And then she'd look at me, because obviously I was just making it up. Mm-hmm. She'd look at me and go, what? Oh, and I'd say, oh, oh Rob, <laughs> you know, with the house sitting. She went, what, Rob's going to be house sitting? <laughs> i go, yeah, you know, we talked about it. And then I'm trying to do that thing where I'm really glaring and trying to point my eyes at the driver. And I mean, it never, ever went well for me. And I do wonder if it's something that in that job you just get used to. I was just thinking that. that you're a burglar. Yes, yes. I wonder how many times they've heard that conversation and the other partner going, what? What do you mean? We're not, we're not getting a house sitter. Probably a lot. I don't know. Maybe it's just you. I don't know. And, and I even wonder about that thing about thinking that somebody from your local taxi firm is going to burgle you. How real is that? Has there been a spate <laughs> in the past of burglaries performed by people at local taxi companies? Has it ever even happened? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, and, and a downside of uh, the travel systems being different is that you have to do more stuff with actual people rather than online now. Oh, really? I'd thought yeah. it'd be the other way around. N- well, no. So, for example, at the airport, I'm very much an online check-in, sort of boarding pass on my phone sort of guy. But mm. um, we couldn't do that at all. The queues were horrendous. I always get to the airport in plenty of time, but... I'm looking at my watch thinking, I don't know why I said watch. I don't wear a watch, but I'm looking at the clock or my mm, phone, mm, perhaps more accurately. Mm. Why did I say I'm looking at my watch? I don't know. <laughs> you pretend you've got a Rolex, Rolex now or something. Well, like, I, did do that thing, I did do that thing where I looked at my wrist as well. As I you said didn't. It. Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> no, hold on, it's at... not there. Where's my Rolex gone? <laughs> <laughs> Someone stole it. It must have been the taxi, taxi driver. driver. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Yeah, I'm looking at the clock thinking, I don't even know if we're going to make this flight because the queues are so long because they've got extra checks and questions that they're asking everybody. And we get to the front of the queue and basically the reason we're allowed to travel is Sarah, as a US citizen, is allowed to travel to her home country of the States. Mm. And she's allowed to bring me and Eugene as her spouse and child, respectively. Okay. Now, up until this point, we couldn't do it because of the UK rules, but the UK rules have changed a bit, so we're allowed to travel. So we get to the front of the queue, and Sarah uh, puts her passport on top and gives the other two over and says, oh, yeah, we're travelling to Chicago, I'm a US citizen, and uh, this is my husband and son, they have British passports. The woman then says, oh, that's great. Do you have your marriage certificate and birth certificate? (gasps) No. Yeah. And the answer, of course, is no. No. So we're going into a blind panic. We've been in this queue for an hour anyway. Oh. So, so that only leaves us uh, just over an hour until the flight's due to depart. And we paid basically about £1,000 for COVID tests no. before we fly, which, if we fly on a different day, are going to be 
Yes. Invalidated. Yes. And I don't even know how we're going to get onto a flight on a on a different day. And then I just blurt out, said, oh, would you accept digital copies? They said, yes. I thought, thank God for that, before realising. I I don't have a digital copy of either our, our marriage certificate or Jean's birth certificate on my phone or in my email. No. Why, why would I? No. Marriage, marriage certificate, especially. I can't, I've not seen it for such a long time, but in my memory, it's like a scroll. <laughs> So then I think, why did I even ask that question? And then I get a brainwave. Mm. Our next door neighbour, before we left, we gave them some keys in case <gasps> the burglar alarm started going off. So we phoned them and it was like, you know when they got Bin Laden and you had the president there giving instructions? Yes, yes. We got the neighbour to go into the house, unset the burglar alarm, go into the room where the filing cabinet is, I guided him through the different files and um, and got him to take photos of the birth certificate and marriage certificate and, and uh, text them to us. I can't tell you how impressed I am that you knew where your marriage certificate and birth certificates even were. I'm so well, impressed honest, by that. You're so organised. Well, I knew where the filing cabinet was is the truth. I mean, that's the, and then it was just wow. a question of looking through it. I that's did amazing. Say, I know. I mean, I felt really capable at that moment of time every now and again a crisis comes along and I don't consider myself as a kind of cometh the hour cometh the man sort of person Mm, mm. like whenever crisis hits my first instinct is to look around and think is there not anybody else who can deal with that (laughs) but then um then I did and I did kind of feel quite accomplished in the moment I'm slightly embarrassed of how uh how messy our house was somebody else to go into it do you tidy up before you go on holiday Mm, i've got this thing where i don't like coming back to kind of a messy dirty house but then i don't i never have time to do it so no yeah i'm not 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 saying it was like something out of train spotting but Mm -hmm. it was too too messy for somebody to go in there really i bet they loved going in didn't they i bet they loved it all getting to rummage through your filing cabinet oh my god it's a dream come true do you think he'll be back in there (laughs) oh yeah of course (laughs) Wow. I think people either fall into the category of rummager or not rummager. Do you think, isn't, isn't everyone a rummager? I've spoken to people who've like rented a cottage before now and not gone rummaging in the drawers or trying to Whoa. get through that on trying to get through that locked door that always exists in <laughs> rented accommodation, holiday accommodation. They've they've not got a hairpin in the hole and like exactly. tried to wiggle it around. <laughs> Who are these people and what is wrong with them? I know. Because uh, I, I mean I'm sure we've talked about it before and um I can already feel that I'm waffling on, but um I've found some great things rummaging in holiday accommodation. Oh, it's the best. Really? It's, it's why it's better than hotels. Yes, yes, yes. It is. Oh, we're so nosy. And then just one more thing about the travel. So we get mm. on the plane, and I haven't even noticed this because, again, because of COVID, we couldn't do online check-in. And so I haven't noticed that they've given Eugene the window seat, mm. Sarah the middle seat. Yeah. The aisle seat is a stranger. What? And then on the other side of the aisle is me. Oh, wow. So I notice this as we're getting onto the plane because the letters don't quite match and I go into a panic. And guess what Sarah says? What does she say? She says, you can just ask the guy in the other aisle seat to swap with you. <laughs> right. Like, how long has this woman been married to me? Like, we've been together 10 years this year. Like, why does she think I am capable 
of asking to swap seats with somebody. Even though they would, it's literally just going from one side of the plane to the, it's exactly yeah. the same seat. It makes no difference to them. Well, it's, it's one side of the aisle to the other. It's not one side of the plane even. Yes, yes, yeah, that's what I mean, it. yeah. So, so I'm just in this panic about this. Like, why she doesn't say, oh, I'll do it, like she does in 99% of all other cases which involve interacting with somebody in a way that is even slightly uncomfortable. But she leaves it up to me. So I have to go up to this guy and say... Hi, this is my seat. I know that's yours. My wife and son are going to be sitting next to you. Would it be okay if we swapped? What did he say? Here's what he said. He sort of rolled his eyes. <gasps> or looked like it was the biggest inconvenience to swap from one side of the aisle to the other. No. And, and then said, well, I'll, I'll have to move my bag. What? Why? What, the over, in the overhead thing? Or? Yes. So, oh, why? you'll have to, oh, boo-hoo, you'll have to move your bag. And also, and, why? Yeah, why can't you just, when you stand up... Just turn the other way, rather. Oh, he's like, an awful person. Yeah, and he did it grudgingly, and I could tell it was grudging. Mm. So then I made Sarah take the aisle seat so I didn't have to sit next to him because I would rather take a middle seat, which I hate, <laughs> than um, than uh, than sit in uncomfortable silence next to somebody. I did glare at him a few times. Of course, yeah, over Sarah. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Annabelle, what have we heard from drifters? Okay, first one is from Lucy. A short, a few short and sweet things that still fill me with shame. The first coffee I ordered after lockdown was a medium hazel skinny nut latte. My daughter looked at me and said, Mum, that is not a flavour. <laughs> My neighbour downstairs, who's in her 80s, recently asked me if I'd be going to the store anytime soon as she thought the potatoes would be marked down to 10p. About three weeks later, they were marked down to 32p. So I bought them for her and I was too embarrassed to knock on her door. So I just left them on her doorstep at night. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, there's a new Victoria Hislop book coming out, which brought back a horrifying memory. When I was 16, a friend and I went to Crete for a party holiday. The holiday rep signed us up for what we thought was a booze crew to a leopard colony. Yep, it was the leper colony. No, no. <laughs> that can't be real. Yeah, yeah, there's a leper colony just off the no, coast of Crete. But but why would there be tourist excursions to it? Oh, yeah, you can go and visit it. What? Yeah, yeah, you can go and visit it. It is a tourist attraction, yeah. But isn't the whole point of the colony... I think it's I think it's closed down now. I don't think it's, it's still in... Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> leprosy, you really... Don't hear about it. So no, much. you don't see people walking around with bells saying "unclean, unclean" so that's, much anymore. That's what that's what I was visualising. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I'd, I'd go and visit that. But um... yeah, oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I still... love the potatoes one, especially. It's, it's a more. She just says I still break out in a sweat when I think of that one, and it's been almost twenty years. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. It, it does remind me a little bit of when you got divorced and your parents took you on holiday to cheer you up. Oh yeah, to Auschwitz. <laughs> Oh dear! Oh dear! At least, at least it made me feel better about. Um, anyway, it, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, right. Yeah, let's yeah, move yeah. on to the next one. But the, uh, also with the potatoes, I, I would then pretend for my rest for the rest of my life that the potatoes were ten p. And every time she asked me to go and get them, I, I would just swallow the cost of it. Yeah, you'd end up racking up this huge debt yeah, just from yeah. the potatoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, Grand Princess Jeanette. 
I was reminded by a story of my own after a recent public transport one that I heard. My story takes place on BART, Bay Area Rapid Transit in the San Francisco, California Bay Area. I was headed home on a train that was unusually not packed with riders, so I stood in an open area, hanging onto a strap, looking at my phone. What's important to mention is that typically I internally scoff at other riders who keep their face pressed into their phone the entire ride instead of reading a newspaper or an actual book. This sets me squarely in middle age, had you not already guessed. (laughs) On this particular day, I was looking at my phone and during one of the stops, I let go of the strap to use both hands so I could reply to a text. (laughs) Two-handed text reply like that. Lost in my digital haze. I failed to notice the train doors had closed and begun its departure. I flailed forward to grab the first thing available to steady myself. I was comically bent forward with a surprised look on my face, I'm sure. What had I grabbed? Oh, only the back of a fellow rider's wheelchair, who was forced Uh, to grab onto a handrail near him to keep uh, himself steady. Somehow my surprise stopped me from righting myself and taking hold of the strap again. I just held on and looked helplessly at the man who said, It's okay, I've got you. His words broke me out of my stupor and I stood to grab the strap again, thanking him and apologising like the ass that I was. My final humiliation was to notice several other riders standing by staring at me. I assumed the port protocol by not looking up until the next stop, which was mercifully mine. Great use of the port protocol as well. Yes. And last one is from Katie. So a couple of weeks ago, I started my new job. On the Monday, I ventured into the office where I met my boss so he could show me the ropes. He was eager to explain that working from home was still the norm and that people were only going into the office once a week at the max. There was no pressure to go into the office at all. However, I really enjoyed the buzz of being back in London and office life especially, having spent most of the last year at home. So on the Wednesday, I decided to go back into the office again. On this day, there were two people in the office. We made our introductions and I realised that this was a far more civilised way to start a new job rather than being paraded around in front of loads of people and having to remember countless names. We had some nice banter and I felt that my second day in the office had gone well. At the end of the day, my colleague packed up his stuff and announced that he was heading home. As he got to the door, he looked back to give me a wave and I raised my hand to acknowledge him, smiled and called out, Love you! So, uh, <laughs> looks like I'll be working from home now until returning to the office is mandatory. Oh, I mean, it's always when you think, "Oh, this this is going this is going well. This is okay. I'm doing okay at this." Yeah, that, that's yeah, when yeah. it strikes. Love yeah, you. Yeah. As soon as the confidence yeah. kicks in, those brief yeah. moments. Oh, these are great. Thank you. I really appreciate these uh, the, these stories this week, um, as every week. But as I said at the moment, I'm just leaning on you a little more heavily than, than usual, and you've really stepped up. So thank you for that. You can uh, send us your story, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yes. Are you going to give us another way in which you're not a fully functioning adult? Yes, I'll start with a warning, which is also something of a spoiler. This contains subject matter not suitable for those with emetophobia. So fast forward the next few minutes if that is you, or if you're having your dinner or your lunch or your breakfast right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. So... When we did the podcast last week, we were in person at yours, Jeff. How would you describe my health last week? I think you seemed in rude health. Is that an expression? I was in rude health. I was totally fine. I was go as far as to say that I felt great. So we finished the podcast. Um, I stayed a little while longer chatting to Lynn Barron. 
then at about 10 o'clock, I left to drive home, got in the car, still nothing out of the ordinary. I've been driving for about five minutes when I was suddenly overcome with a terrible nausea. And it was so oh. unexpected that I was in denial about what was surely to come. And it wasn't until I pulled up at some red traffic lights, a busy junction in Hackney, East London, that I was forced to face the terrible fact that I was definitely about to be sick. Now, Annabelle. I know. Since this event, I've told this story to numerous people because I have absolutely nothing else to talk about. And every single one has said one of two things to me. One, why didn't you pull the window down and be sick out of the window? And two, but why didn't you open the door and be sick out of the door? Oh. I do not know why I didn't do either of these things. What I did is this. I grabbed my rucksack, which was on the seat next to me. I pulled out my laptop, (laughs) my glasses, my bottle of water and a pair of my son's waterproof trousers that were in there for some inexplicable reason. I throw all those things on the floor. I am violently sick into the rucksack five times. I then glance towards my right to see the frankly horrified face of the driver in the car pulled up next to mine. Lights go green. I pull off, I drive across the junction while being sick one more time, which is quite skilled, and then I just keep going towards home. There are some big whys in my life. There are some big ones. But honestly, why was I not just sick out the window? What? Or why did I not just open the door and be sick into the road? I can only think that I felt that that was the option that made most of a scene and I didn't want to make a scene. I think you're right. I think that can, it can only be that. Well, it's sort of inconveniences other people the least, right? Being sick in my own car, yeah. Yes. I suppose so. I mean, it was late at night. I could have got away with it. But yeah, I suppose so. You're you're still sort of making a mess of the street, I guess. Yeah, someone would have to clean it up. Would they? Would it have rained that night? I don't know. But what would have made more of a scene would be if I'd driven home with a rucksack, and I'm sorry to be in any way descriptive here, but a rucksack brimming with vomit that is leaking through onto my lap. And then I'd had a slight prang with another car and had to get out of the car to assess the damage and exchange details. Or if I'd been stopped by the police for bad driving or a headlight being out or something. As it was, there is a God as neither of these things happened. But God then got a bit bored of me by the time I got home and made sure there were no parking spaces near my flat. Oh, no. So oh, I no. To, so I had to get out of the car with a sorry, with a sodden lap, a dark, shameful, wet patch on my jeans and carry this bulging bag all the way way down the road, dump it in the outdoor wheelie bin. There was no saving it, let me tell you. Um, Even though it was a very useful rucksack with lots of good pockets. I had to get inside, (laughs) I had to strip off, put everything in the washing machine, I had to shower, I had to get dressed again, I had to put rubber gloves on, go back to the car and clean it, it needed cleaning, and also, I would have done it the next day, but Tom had to use the car early in the morning for work, so I had to. All of this, I mean, I didn't get to bed till like God knows what time. Oh. All of this because I didn't want to make a scene at some traffic lights. That poor man who saw me, though. <laughs> the car next to me. Oh, God. oh, the look on his face. The look on his face. This is the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah, sorry. No, no, the worst thing I ever heard was when I said, it's coming out of me when it was the other end. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. You just yeah. made me feel a bit better. Good, good, good. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here's a question for you if you're in Southend. Mm, go on. Who does your brother think should be the next Doctor Who? Oh, I have not spoken to him about it, but oh. I will, I will. Uh, that's weird. I thought he was, it was the thing he's most interested in. Well, we haven't really had a conversation as of yet, so that would okay. be that, yeah. How many metres away from each other have you been at any given time? Well, we're, it's like rats in London. We're always, like, he lives in the same building. We're always <laughs> within, like, a couple of feet of each other. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we just haven't had it got around to having a chat yet. Okay, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. okay. Um, um, what was I going to ask you about or tell you about? Oh, my card, my bank card got blocked the other day. Oh, no, why? For fraud. I got one of these text messages, though, saying, do you recognise these transactions? Is this you? And I replied, yes. So I thought it would all be fine. I then went to the local shop to buy something and my card got declined. And I got all flustered and said to the guy who works there, who, as you know, I don't have the most comfortable rapport with at the best of times. <laughs> no. I said, um, I said oh, oh, sorry, I think there's a, there's a security thing on my card. Can I try again? And then it got declined again. And then I had to try another card and all this business. Do you think that there is anybody when they say, oh, I think it must be a security thing? Any shop assistant or anybody behind them in the queue ever thinks it's anything but the fact that they are spendthrift and they've spent all their money and there's they're having there's they should feel ashamed. <laughs> Absolutely that because even though yeah. you knew it was a security thing, you're given off the vibes that like you still yes. feel ashamed and it's your yeah. fault and yeah, yeah, yeah like absolutely. Like I'm a bankrupt. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, not that I think people should feel ashamed for those things, but uh, no, that's, no, no. That's instantly what happens to me. Mm -mm. I just think everybody is looking at me like I'm a bankrupt. Mm -mm. Um, what else was I going to say about? Can you hear? I just took my headphones off for a second, and I, I heard quite loudly some. I think they're called cicadas. What are you uh, hearing those? I, do, I, I did hear a loud noise, but I didn't identify it. What is it? Is oh, it no, what's a cicada? Like, a bird? They're like crickets. Oh yeah. right! <laughs> but they're these ones that go underground for seventeen years, and they pop back up again, and what? they're very, very loud. What? Have you never really? heard of these? Yeah. No. I mean, I've heard the word before. I've read it in books, but I think I always thought it was birds or flowers right. or something. I don't know. That's it seems nice. very exotic to me. Even when I hear the the, the nighttime insects, because I don't really get that where I live. And whenever I travel, I think, oh, this is nice. And uh, I quite enjoy the sound of it. It reminds me of the Waltons, the bit where they would all say goodnight <laughs> to each other. But I wonder if thinking that is exotic would be like thinking a nest of wasps. Hmm is exotic i don't know um mm. sorry i got distracted by that just briefly um oh yeah another thing that happened with the bank card thing i ended up being on the phone to the the bank fraud team for an inordinate amount of time on the way to the airport and at one point i found myself saying to the guy on the other end that i didn't love his tone <gasps> oh god i know i don't so, i don't was it was it i don't like your tone it was or, 
Let me tell you, I don't love your tone at the moment. I don't. Oh, you went for I don't love your tone. Wow, yeah, wow. Yeah, Thanks for the yeah. reenactment. I enjoyed that. Yeah. And what reaction did you get to that? Nothing. Yeah, a, a hollow apology. He probably Good didn't like mine, but he couldn't say so. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm a, sort of usually un, unfailingly polite in that situation, but yeah, I think uh, I think it was at the end of my tether with one yeah, thing or the other. You'd had enough. Um, what else has been going on? Oh, um, Sarah and I went to visit her brother yesterday. There were, I, I, I like a soft drink of an evening, you know, a nice mm-hmm. bottle of pop, yep. maybe a root beer when I'm in America. Oh, or, lovely. Do you know what they call American cream soda over here? Just cream soda. Yes, yeah, I like one of those <laughs> as well. Um, so I'd gone out to find someone and every single shop. This seems to be a thing these days. Shops and restaurants being closed on a Monday. Really? Have you not noticed that? Cafes, even even in London, I notice it a lot. A lot of cafes, okay. the more yeah. hip places, Monday seems to be the day they're now closed. Right. Whereas okay. when I was growing up, it was only ever the Chinese takeaway that was closed on a Monday. Right, right. And then some stuff would be shut for half day on a Wednesday. Wednesday, because, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway... Um, so in desperation, we went into a Thai restaurant and, and Sarah, because she knew it was an uncomfortable interaction, she went up to the counter and asked if we could buy, if they had any uh, soft drinks we could buy. They said, we have Coca-Cola. She said, can I take a couple of cans of that, please? And then to be very nice, because she wanted to make my drink feel in some way festive, she asked if she could buy an orange. Right. <laughs> So this just tell me you're in a Thai restaurant. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you're trying to buy two cans of Coke and an yeah. orange. Yeah. And the cans of Coke <laughs> went all right, which I think gave her perhaps right. again this is the false sense of confidence. Yes. And she says, uh, yes. "Would I yeah. be able to buy an orange?" <laughs> so they straight away think she wants to buy an orange juice. She say, "No, I want to buy a piece of orange, the fruit, because she knows that I like a slice of orange in my Coca Cola." Oh, okay. Yeah. I really yeah. don't like a slice of a lemon in it, but I really like a slice of orange in it. Right. Right. And and the woman just laughed in her face well i mean yeah i mean if, you, if she'd have said a lemon or a lime yeah but an orange yeah can i buy an orange it's funny it's there so, is a thai restaurant it's funny and also thai food's not known for its orange no no it? not really <laughs> but whereas so, lime so, you'd have been fine so then, as this woman left in her face i did the kind of thing where i tried to make eye contact with the woman and roll my eyes at like <laughs> what is she like asking for an orange and she caught me oh no yeah. no yeah, oh dear so. That's that bad. Didn't well. That didn't go well. Um, another thing, I'll tell you one more thing that's happened okay. since we've been here. Mm. I was sitting cross-legged on the floor applying sun lotion. Okay. To do this, I had taken my glasses off and put them next to me on the floor. Mm-hmm. Sarah then crossed the room from one side to the other, trod on my glasses and broke them. Oh, God. The calamity now, in your life. I know. Now, um, I'm sort of of the opinion that that was 50... That, I see that as a 50-50 problem, right? You should have put them put on the floor. I should put my glasses on the she, floor. Yeah, she should yeah. look where she's going. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was fine moving on from the apology. Right. We then go to, like, the equivalent of a Specsavers or Vision Express because it's a Sunday and nothing else is open... And take my glasses in and, and say, can you fix these? And they take one look at them and say, no, they can't be repaired, which is what, I th- what I'd feared. No, right. 
Now, because this is a big chain, I say, do you do like quick replacement glasses? Because I remember in the 90s, it used to be somewhat easy to get a new pair of glasses made in an hour or a few hours. Mm. And it seems like these days you can't get that done easily anymore. It's like this brief moment in time (laughs) where they could do it. And now it takes a week. And I don't know why that is. It's a bit like Concord. If you were very rich, you used to be able to cross the Atlantic in four hours or whatever it was, not that I ever did it. And and now you have to, it it takes as long as the rest of us. And something Mm. has gone on with quick replacement glasses in that time as well that I can't Mm. quite put my finger on. And they say, no, um, you know, it, it would take days. Your best hope is to go to some kind of jewelry repair shop, uh, jewelry repair shop, take them in and ask them if they can solder it together just as a temporary fix. Because what it'll mean is the arm is just stuck in the out position, and then hopefully that that will um, that will see you through to when you when you get home. Right. Okay. Now it's a Sunday, and I'm just thinking, God, we're in a, a shopping mall. There's no chance of finding a repair shop that's open because these these places you can vis- you can visualize what a little repair shop looks like. Yeah, and they're yeah. not typically open on a Sunday. No. Lo and behold, we find one that is not only open but that is in this mall really? in suburban Chicago. Oh wow! So I get so excited. We use Google Maps to get there. Sarah's guiding me because I can't see anything, so she's getting a taste of what it would be like to have a visually impaired husband. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, um, uh, which carries on throughout the rest of the day. And I have to say, I quite like it. <laughs> I'm not saying I would like to be visually impaired, no, but no, I quite no. like somebody else having all the responsibility of seeing. Mm. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, so we get to this place. And it's really weird because it is like how you imagine a little mom and pop shop, but it's in the middle of a big shopping mall. And it's what appears to be uh, a younger daughter and then an older guy in the back. And I think they're Armenian because they've got a couple of uh, um, souvenirs which say Armenia on them around the shop. So I go in, I explain to the daughter, I say, I've broken my glasses. We just went to the optician, the, the glasses shop. They said they can't be fixed, but they said that you might be able to do a temporary fix with the soldering iron. She says, OK, OK, I'll show them to my dad. I think, oh, that's right, it is your dad. And he comes over and he's heavily accented. I won't do the accent. And he puts on those, you know, those glasses that jewellers wear. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. He puts on some of those and he gets my glasses and he holds them right up and he moves them around and he says, uh, OK, OK. Uh, you come back two hours. See, I'm not doing the accent, but I am doing sort of slightly odd syntax. In- mm. Syntax Instead of saying, <laughs> you need to come back in two He did say, you come back two hours. He says, you mm. come back two hours. And uh, I can I can do a repair, but there's just one thing. Hmm. And I say, what's that? He says, this repair, it will not be uh, temporary. It will be permanent. <laughs> <laughs> he said it like it's this huge reveal. And honestly, I, I mean, I felt like I'd won the World Cup or something. It was, I went to punch the air. He really knew how to tell me that he could fix my glasses in I a way him. that maximised my reaction. It was so him. great. Oh. If anything ever breaks again, I want to bring it to downtown, <laughs> to, uh, to suburban Chicago to get it fixed. In fact, I'm going to give them a plug. If you are ever in the vicinity of Highland Park, Illinois, and you find yourself uh, anywhere near the Northbrook Court shopping mall, you take your stuff to Elegant Repairs. Oh, Elegant Repairs. Elegant I love Repairs, it. Oh. yeah. Those people, I mean, 
it was I've had a rough time of it with one thing or other as I d- described with my traveling and mm. uh, uh, but my bank card but elegant repairs I mean that that was my glimmer of hope Right then, let's do Quandary Corner at the Glap... I can't say Glap for some reason. Maybe it's because I'm not in problematic. I'm just in uh, uh, yeah. my in-law's spare bedroom. I think this was Sarah's childhood bedroom, in fact. But it's been refashioned into what they call a den, which basically means Lynn won't have an acceptably sized television in her living room because she thinks they are aesthetically displeasing. So Joe, who really loves watching TV, he's into all the HBO shows and he loves his news, he has to come upstairs and sit on a sofa bed to watch TV on oh. a on an acceptably sized <laughs> screen. Right. Um, anyway, that's where I am, so not in problematic. So who's the first one from, Annabelle? It's from Sarah. She says, I'm a mother of two primary school age children. I have been friends for a long time with another mother with children of a similar age and I get along really well with her. When the kids were young, they all used to happily play together when our families met up once a month or so. But this has changed recently and my children no longer want to join our get togethers as they say they don't get along with my friends' kids anymore. I have now had to make excuses for my kids not being part of meetups, saying they had other play dates or were feeling poorly, etc. But I know this can't go on forever. What I really want to say to my friend is that I'd love to meet up, but just with her and no kids. However, she keeps saying how much her kids enjoy playing with my kids. What do I do the next time she suggests a get together and my kids yet again refuse to come? I really don't want to hurt her feelings. Oh, God, this is a horror show. Isn't it? I mean, maybe this is all to come, but like, I just can't imagine. This is a whole world that I feel ill prepared for. See, I have paranoia about this already. Um, oh, God. I mean, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think like when I was a kid, I don't think I had that much choice in. This is the thing. I think I was just forced to go and play with like kids that yeah. I didn't necessarily get on very well with. Yeah. And I mean, that, things change now. I think things have changed now, haven't they? People are a bit they more They have. Like, yeah. They have. And I wouldn't, you know, in a way I wouldn't want to force my son to play with somebody he didn't like. But I sort of think, well, as long as they're not actually torturing him. Yeah. So isn't there a light him. lesson there that um, often you're plunged into situations that, well, I was going to say, with, with people you wouldn't want to be with and it just helps you learn to be a sociable person but it hasn't that had an effect on me has it <laughs> but these kids are primary school age so we're talking 11 or under but and they're, and they're yeah. refusing to come like you know bribery i mean bri- i'm bribery. a big fan of bribery yeah. Yeah, like bribery come and play good, with these yeah. maybe if she kind of had it in my head you've got to do it once every three months so what's that four times a year yes every time you do it you can have this this or that that like i think i honestly think if she enjoys seeing her friend still she can't say to her friend oh my kids don't like your kids that's not an option no that's not going to happen she could say she could blame it on her children somehow saying my children started playing very horribly with other children they've been hitting them and kicking them and biting them so I'm I'm keeping them apart from other children for a bit I don't know something something along those lines like blame it on their children their own children oh you could say listen I know this is a weird thing but we we were on holiday we um 
we went on this excursion to a leopard colony and it turned out to be a leper colony. Long story short, I need to keep my kids separate from them. There we go. So yeah. that or bribed them, I think. Yeah, but I, I did like your idea of throwing, you know, uh, uh, throwing her kids under the bus and making yeah. out that they're a problem and they can't yeah. be trusted to interact with others. Yeah, that's good. That's always something, something along yeah. that lines could be an answer. This so we'll is leave exactly that the sort of thing that I, I need Sarah's help on because I am so bad at... Um, Getting my son to do anything that he doesn't want to do. Right, right, yeah. I'm not. I'm. I'm not very good as that kind of parent. He doesn't see me as any kind of authority figure either. Unfortunately. <laughs> right. Okay. If anything, I think he thinks he has dominion over me. <laughs> oh dear. It's not. It used to be a triangle with Sarah at the mm. pinnacle, and now I think it's more of a like a, a chain of command with me at the bottom. Does he ever bribe you to do stuff? Because <laughs> like, if he is, that's that's when that's when it's getting worrying. <laughs> Right, let's move on to the next one then. This is from Mighty Dame Vicky in Manchester. This isn't really related to social awkwardness, but more overthinking and people pleasing. I'm so sure it's, all, it's all in the same family. All in the same, it? yeah, all the same. I'm sure quite a lot of us might be holidaying in the UK this year. I won't call it a staycation as it seems to inspire widespread fury. My question is, if you're staying in self-catering accommodation, how clean do you have to leave it at the end? I hate the thought of being considered a dirty or rude guest who's left it in a state. But also, I don't want to spend the end of a holiday endlessly cleaning. What's an acceptable level? This is an excellent question, and I'd love to know the answer. Because I I find that I do, do... with so much resentment, clean a lot at the end with so much resentment because mm. I think, but then I know that there's going to be a cleaner coming in between like people staying there. So why am I, I doing this? But I don't want to look like the person who left it in a state. I know. I want this them to is... go back and say, oh, those, that family, they, they left it in such a beautiful, I barely had to do a thing. But I still, this... but I'm resentful of it at the same time. Yeah, this, this is the price you pay for staying somewhere where you get to rummage around in their uh, possessions. Mm, mm, mm. What do you think? Uh, I tend to find, I don't know if this is your experience, that they usually give quite specific instructions. Oh, okay. So I will follow the instructions to the letter, but not do any more. So if they say, uh, at the end of your stay, strip the beds, put the bin bags out, make sure there's, um, you know, the, the dishwasher's been run or, or whatever it is, I'll, oh, I'll do that. Okay, but, okay. I've but, never but, had that but, before. But not anymore. Okay. Mm. I think a lot of places now give those kinds of instructions to avoid oh. exactly this. Well, then I think that the onus isn't on us then. It's the onus on all these people who run the accommodation. They should all be leaving it to stop us from stressing out and cleaning too much because I think I'd clean too much at the end, resentfully. Hmm. I, I, I would say that in recent years, a lot of things haven't panned out for me as I would have liked them to. But I have looked at my airbnb reviews and often felt good about my self-esteem <laughs> right good so, so you're I, doing I, something right yeah yeah whereas my mother-in-law lynn barron mm. i think has been sullied on airbnb and might have a poor rating i don't know if you have a, really? uh, a star system because of some experiences like this this exact thing that we're talking about so but li- leaving it too dirty at the end yeah now I mean, this isn't a woman who lives in squalor. This no, is I'm sure a, a not. Fairly, you know, a, a fairly meticulously clean person. But I know there have been issues. I think she, I don't think they're in at the moment. I don't know if you've heard them or not, but I think they've gone somewhere. Otherwise, I'd get her up onto the podcast to talk about it. But um, 
Hmm. So, so what do you do, knowing that you've got to leave? So you, you're saying that you just resentfully get it as clean as yeah, possible. Yeah, but then I'm wondering why, because I'm thinking, well, I've, I've paid. I paid for the person to come in between to clean it. I paid for it. So why am I also doing it? I don't know. I think leave it in the kind of state that you would leave your house when you're rushing off to go on holiday. That you want, you want to leave it clean and tidy, but you know it'll be a bit of a little bit of a yeah. mess. There you, we you, go. You, you want it just clean enough that if a neighbour comes in and has to photograph a marriage or birth certificate, <laughs> yeah, 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 that yeah, they yeah. won't think that you're a pig who lives in squalor. Exactly. Okay. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. Please send us your quandary for Quandary Corner. Um, Also, your stories of social ineptitude. They were really good this week. Um, I just wanted to say as well, they don't always have to be dead long, like a quick hit or two or three quick hits together. Mm. I also enjoy Mm, we had mm. a, a really good one of those this week so I just wanted to say I know that occasionally we will get email from people who say oh the stories are so great I've got a couple of things but they're not that good just send them in you would be surprised they don't need to be uh, written out in such a way that it would win you some kind of prize mm, mm. even though we really enjoy those ones too I don't want to yeah, say I love it. grateful I love for those more. ones yeah. But, yeah. but I like a, I like a little medley sometimes of little ones little I do med- enjoy that's that what I, that's yeah, what yeah. I was uh, trying to uh, that's what I was trying to articulate um, so yeah, the email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the back of music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gallet took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And I'll finish this week by saying, love you. All right, podication time. Annabelle, step yes. up to the mic. Yes, this is from Tamara Salter, and she says, Hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Firstly, hello. I'd li- hello. Firstly, I'd like to pass on my sincere condolences to Jeff for the sad news about his mum. And I would like to request a podication to myself for Wednesday, the 4th of August, as I turn the grand age of 50 on that day. Wow. I know, 50. My intention is to relish my 50s as, quite frankly, my 40s have been rubbish. I won't go into the full details as it will take too long, but the short version involves major brain surgery, complications from a follow-up neurological procedure that has left me with a permanent disability that I will have to deal with for the rest of my life. I was made redundant at the end of 2020, but that turned out to be a blessing in disguise as I now have a new job that I am loving. The last six months of my 40s have been awful as well. My dad died suddenly at the start of February and then we found out that my mum had lung cancer that had already spread to her brain at the start of April. She then spent the last six weeks of her life being incredibly well looked after in a lovely community hospital in the north of Scotland before passing away towards the end of May. Oh, my best friend for the past 45 years died last week after putting up an incredible fight against motor neuron disease. I will forever be in awe of her and will miss her so much. 
I'm getting professional help to deal with my grief and I am determined to come through the other side. I also had the support of my fantastic husband, Gary, my brother and sister-in-law and some close friends who have been really good and check in with me regularly to see how I am. So safe to say that I can't wait to leave my 40s behind and embrace my 50s. Whilst there are obvious downsides to getting older, the creaky knees and rubbish eyesight to name but two, there are definite positives to getting older, which I am going to make the most of. I would have loved to talk to my parents on my 50th birthday and say a big thank you to them for giving me and my brother a lovely childhood and for passing on their wisdom and knowledge that have made us both pretty decent adults who I hope they are proud of. Thank you both. Take care. Tamara. Oh, Tamara. I know. Just too much, isn't it, for her? Too much. Oh, God. Terrible. Just, you know, and and I just think it's so incredible that you know you're able to function and be so determined yeah and and just have that positive outlook towards your 50s Mm. I mean I just think so many people would be just broken by a decade like that and to Mm. like be looking at life in that way it's incredible it's such it's it's inspiring Mm. I'm a bit you know it's uh Obviously, I'm teary at the best of times and just hearing that. I mean, that's just incredible, incredible. Well, thank you, you know, thank you for sharing your story and like all yeah. those things you wish for yourself. Like everybody listening to this wishes, wishes for you too. That's, yes. Yeah. So, so that's for Tamara Salter. Yeah. Here's to your 50s, Tamara. Yes, yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you for listening and if you'd like a podication email us hello at adriftpodcast.com imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15 percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Oh, yeah. 